Hi and welcome to another episode of Morphtastic Live. If you don't know already, this is the audio version of our live show, so please bear in mind you will hear us interacting with people leaving comments which you cannot see. If you would like to see the video version, you can find us on YouTube by searching either Elite Geckos or Morphtastic. I would like to say a huge thanks to our supporters. I'd like to say a huge thanks to Jay Eco Geckos at Life Food Hub, who's been a constant support from the day one. Uh, he has sponsored us and doing many things for us to help us continue doing what we are doing. I'd also like to say a huge thanks to David at Bubba Geckos. Jeff from J5 Geckos is also doing some amazing 3D print caves, bowls, etc. I want to say a thanks to Leah at Better Geckos, Carlos at Coastal Side Geckos, Ryan at Recto Reptiles, Chloe from Chloe's Geckos UK, Elena from Wendigo Exotics, and Malt Zimmerman from Only Geckos. I am your host, George from Elite Geckos, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. I will give it a try. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. There it goes. So, 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 been bombarded, bombarded with a lot of questions, to be honest. So, nice to hear. Get prepared. Get prepared. <laughs> no, you're, making me, you're making me even more nervous. <laughs> A lot of these questions for one person, funny enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of them. So yeah, this as I said, share a tape to everybody. This is me asking George, interviewing George from Elite Geckos, because a lot of people don't know much about you or still want to know a bit more about you. Yeah. So yeah. this is what this plan was, and this is what we're going to do. So let's kick it in. As far as I know, you started off with chameleons. That's right. Exactly that, mate. So I've always been that guy that's always had weird animals, like we had parrots. I know it's not like, oh, that's weird, but to my friends, we always had weird stuff. I always had like stick insects, African snails, the standard stuff like that. I was always that weird guy. Um, I used to always take like African snails to school and stuff like that to sell them for like 50p each. Um, but anyway, one day I thought to myself, I would really like to get into a reptile, but I don't want to get into anything standard. So I've done some research and saw human chameleons. I thought, wow, I'd, I'd really like to get into those. So I spoke to my parents at the time and said that I really want to get one. They said, go for it. If you and your sisters wanted it, would say no, because if we know you would look after it. So I got the chameleon, absolutely loved it. Um, ended up getting another one. And I actually paired the two chameleons and had eggs, babies and whatnot. Absolutely loved it. And then... Um, my girlfriend, she said, why have we got these animals that I can't hold? So she done some research, said, look, I love leopard print. There's a leopard gecko. Let's go and get one. And originally I was like, no, they're boring. Why do you want to get something everyone's got? Anyway, she, she already done all her research. She got the vivarium. She got all the, all the set up, everything. So we went and got our first leopard gecko from... Global Geckos, I don't know if anyone on here knows Global Geckos, quite a good store. Um, so we got our first leopard gecko, bought it back home, and it was mine. <laughs> it was mine. So uh, went and got another one, put them into the same viv. I'm not going to lie, pet shops are absolutely fine. You know, you can, you can put a male and female together, no problems at all. They'll live absolutely fine. Got eggs and uh, went and bought myself a little incubator and um hatched these eight hatched these little leopard geckos and just fell in love and ever since then it's that's history the rest has been history yep so it starts i guess 
It's addictive. addictive. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just one of those animals that you can keep in a nice size vivarium. They're generally pleasant. You can handle them all the time, get them out, get to know them. They've got their own personalities, yeah. same as everybody else. And as you said, it's addictive and you just want, oh, I'll just have that colour or I'll just have that one. And I guess in generally people think, oh, I'll, I'll try breeding after that, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. It's excitement for some. But uh, those first eggs hatched, Mike. It was that was it, glued. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I bought, it was called an ego baiter. I don't know if you guys know. It's literally an egg shaped incubator. Uh, I think it holds something like twenty eggs in it. And um, went and bought one of them. And when I hatched his t first two eggs, that was it. Went out, bought loads more. Thought it was brilliant. <laughs> done, <laughs> done all the wrong things like we all do. <laughs> yeah, just keep buying, buying, buying. That's it. Buying, buying, buying that one. Yeah, so. Also, what have we got? Um, what got you into breeding? Because obviously we know people buy animals as pets, but what got you into that breeding motion to think, I'll breed more and more? Was it the excitement of bringing new life in or trying something a bit different? For, for me, when I, when I hatched my first ones, I, I was, it was just normals. Because um, I started back, I first started in 2016. Um, and it was all like normals, hypos, maybe a Max Snow. Um, what I really like is when customers came, picked up their animal, and you got left a review, and I was absolutely ecstatic with it. For some reason, things like that always egged me on. Um, so that was the that was the, the background of that's why I want to breed. But to actually to get into the level I am now, to see all the different paint jobs and. You never know what you're going to hatch. You, every egg, you even though you okay, I pair a tangerine to a tangerine. I know I'm going to get tangerines, but there's always that you never know. Do you know what I mean? You can always hatch something different. That's your saying. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. So yeah, that's eco geckos. Yeah, it is. It's one of those that I guess it's a bug eventually mm. to a lot of things. The same with everything, though, isn't it? Once you start getting into something else, you just want to take it that a little bit further and try something a little bit different and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, the, 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 the only thing I'll say a downfall with leopard geckos is anyone could breed them. They are so easy. They are well, so easy to breed. So, so following on from that answer, then, do you think people look at it and go, these are easy, I'm going to do it, and not think about the animal or what comes after that general do we think that's why it's yeah i suppose you you always will have those people that will come into it and that they think all right these are, these are super easy they, they they their requirements are very small you know that like a heat mat a decent sized tub water a moist cave you know they're, they're happy they're happy but yeah, you will get, you will get, a, the thing is with them as well, because they're so easy, I, I think you get a lot of people that will end up breeding a lot of them. I think that's the issue with them, because of, for example, this behind me, this rack, this is, this must have 40 geckos in it, do you know what I mean, in that small space. So I think that's, that's the only downfall with leopard geckos, I'd say personally. Yeah. And then I'm guessing on that same story, the racks, because people keep them in racks, breeders will keep them in racks. Do people also look at that and think, oh, I can have more racks, I can have more animals? Is this becoming a big bad thing? I, I don't know. Because a lot of people don't like racks because you don't generally get 
this, that and the other for it. If you have it in a Vive, it's different. But I don't know. I think that's another minefield that you, you just adventure into it. But, um, yeah, it's it, it's a hard one. And the other question I was going to ask on here, you, you've been to the show. I've seen you at the show twice. Yeah. Um, you went as a general walk around because you didn't have a table the first time. Yeah. And then secondly, you had a table. So did you notice any difference between you having a table and not having a table? Was there any differences from the other side of the table, should we say? As in customers and that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Is is it a different vibe when you're selling or yeah, when you're walking yeah, around? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I find when, when, when I've got a table, I, I find people are more in, inclined to come up to you and have a bit of a conversation with you and um, interact and want to talk about some projects. Whereas when you're walking around, it's so busy. Like the, the first show, you know, <laughs> I try calling you George, you're wearing you know what I mean? Because there's so much going on and you're running around everywhere and... A lot of the time, I, I kept going outside because there were so many people. Because as you know, Mike, the first show in the UK that opened back up after COVID, people compared it to the ham show in uh, Germany. It was absolute chaos. But yeah, there is there is definitely a difference between walking around and actually vending yourself. There is a little bit of nerves there as well because obviously you're broadcasting, you're showing people your animals instead of walking around picking some out. But um, either or, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you've got to do, I think. If you don't love it, you're doing the wrong thing. That's it. Or you're doing it for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The other question, someone, well, what was it? Have you bred other any? Have you bred any other animals bar your chameleons and geckos? So yeah, I've also I, I kept a vast range of animals. It came, I think it was about 2018. I ended up going crazy. I thought I was the guru of reptiles. I can keep as many as I want. They're all got the same sort of needs. So I had tokays, jahuas, cresties, uh, ball pythons, garter snakes, corn snakes, uh, bearded dragons, plated lizards, uh, dart frogs. I had loads of animals, but actually breeding. Obviously, chameleons and leopard geckos, like you just said, but I've also br uh, bred uh, cresties, um, day geckos. Um, I did have some barking geckos for a, a short spout of time, um, but that that is pretty much it in the way of breeding. Right. Did you find those any more enjoyable than what you're doing now? or? That's why, yeah, that's why I got out of it. There, there was just no, like... Um, with a leopard gecko, you never sort of know what you're going to get. I'm not going to go too much details about the ball pythons. All I'm going to say is I was hella scared. <laughs> uh, with me, if, if an animal, if I open a tub and an animal wants to go for me, um, that's it, I'm finished. No, no that's it, done. I'm not touching you again. But yeah, there's something about the Leos um, that just, I don't know what it is. It's the different paint jobs and, you know, I was speaking to friends and stuff like that. They get you right involved in it so it's always been leo's for me okay that's cool that's cool fair enough and as we've seen on your other lives you've also got a beautiful looking um water dragon oh yeah and, uh, so what other animals do you keep bar your geckos and the water dragon and you've got some other geckos as well have you so the animals i, I keep right now is obviously leos i don't have any chameleons anymore so i've got leos i've got the water dragon we still have a beardy i have an axolotl morning geckos um awesome. obviously cresties 
What else do I keep? Oh, an AFT from next Saturday. So that is it right now, what I keep. So um, are you really, going... look, really, really looking forward to getting into AFT. I just feel, think there's so much potential there. Um, so, show us the doggo. I'm not in. I'm not at my apartment today. I'm at, actually in my uh, reptile room at my parents' house. So, I'll show you pads later. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Angela. <laughs> I'll let you down on that one. Yeah, got I'll, I'll PM you later. <laughs> <laughs> <my> jogging pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So another question was asked when you was doing rapid reptiles. Mm. A lot of people, obviously, you met a lot of people, a lot of people fell out, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. what was the good points in doing that for yourself? Or else you wouldn't have took it on for yourself if you didn't think it would be good. Yeah. So what did you good doing that? So the whole thing was a risk, if I'm honest with you. So uh, it was last year, February 2020. Yeah, it's February. Sorry, I'm getting all my dates. <laughs> February oh, 2020. It's all been a mad one. Uh, <laughs> it was right when we was told, right, everyone go home. You're all locked away. And I remember thinking, oh, what am I going to do? And I remember speaking to a couple of friends and you'll be um, said, look, I'm thinking, really considering opening up a courier. Um, and I, I, got, I got mixed response. I got some people told me I was going to fail. Got some people told me not to do it, don't bother. And I had some people that said, "Go for it, give it a try." Um, but the, the best thing about what Rapid Reptile did for me is it made me grow up. If I'm honest with you, a lot because I work with my dad. A lot of the time, I probably um, take the nick a little bit with my dad because obviously he's my dad, and I've always got work there. But when I went out and done Rapid Reptiles. It um, made me realise a lot of things business-wise, um, like time, um, spending on your phone and things like that. Um, but if I'm honest with you, Mike, um, if it wasn't for Rapid Reptiles, I don't think I'd have as many friends. And uh, Rapid Reptiles really helped me out as, as a breeder. Um, I know so many people now. I go to the show, people come up to me and say, hey, like, are you right, George, how are you doing? Um, yeah, like even even Lukey Boy down there, George's best bit of rapid reptile seeing me. <laughs> but yeah, it was it, it's a really hard job. I mean, I spoke to Dave at DC because he done some courier and stuff. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and we had we had a good chat when I had to go to him and talk about it. And he used to say the same thing: like people are ungrateful. Like um, it's hard. It's hard, mate. It's a hard, hard job. Imagine imagine having. About fifty thousand pounds worth of reptiles in your van, okay? Like you got black knights, other stuff. Anything happens to them animals, it's down to you. Do you know what I mean? That's the pressure I had on me the whole time. And you mean, I mean, I go to some people and I, I deliver their animals. I mean, it was very rare to have anyone that kick up. It was very rare. I was very lucky. Um, I didn't have any animals die apart from one frog. Um, which is very, very, very good, considering I had been running a whole year. No other animals have passed away. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it changed me massively as a person, I'd say. So good, good. Yeah, so it, it's life in general, then, isn't it? It's a, it's a step you take that mm. you didn't know it was going to go. So in one way, it's gone for the best. But obviously, you, you've had bad points doing it, I presume. Yeah. The same with anything, I think, with doing that sort of stuff, the interaction with people and animals, there's always going to be some conflict and 
you're always going to get some bad feedback from people, and I think that's just it, the, that's just the way people are. I think. Yeah, especially uh, in this hobby as well, as you know, is what used to worry me as well is if I done so if something had happened on my courier, not only does it affect the courier, it also affects my breeding, which it shouldn't because of, they're completely different. So if I if I delivered a snake to somebody, and let's say for example it had something wrong with it, RI or something. Not only am I going to be plastered over Facebook, my page is going to be plastered over Facebook, as in Elite Geckos. It'll be at Rapid Reptiles, at Elite Geckos. It's like, it came to the point I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm doing all this work for everybody. Obviously, I know I do benefit from it. Like, it, it was a well-paid job. But it just came to the point where I was going out to benefit anybody, but at the same time, I was putting everything I've got at Jeopardy. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mike, without Rapid Reptile, I wouldn't have the collection I have. I mean, I used to go to uh, Gecko Lounge and CF Geckos, uh, Mike at Gecko Lounge, uh, three said that, DC Geckos. And these guys, because I used to go to them every month, they used to look after me, you know, like, oh, we'll do you, if you want that Gecko, well, you know, you look after us, we look after you. So if it wasn't for Rapid Reptiles, I wouldn't be where I am now. Okay. What do you suppose you would be doing? Would you even look at geckos and animals? Would you be on? Would you do it on the large side of what you're doing now, or would you just keep it to one or two or three? Because obviously, I presume the money that you made from it went back into it. So, would it have changed your direction, which you'd have gone into it all together? Maybe. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I get people message me all the time, and they'll say, "I, I want to open up a courier." Um, ha, I always say to them, "Don't bother." I always say to them, don't go, the money is um, uh, really, really good money. It's amazing money. But you have no life. Um, oh. There was one run, I think I was out for 22 days. Um, I, I used to go to you all the time. Um, hey. Mike. There was one time, it was so much snow, you messaged me and went, you're going to have fun getting to me tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> yes, also, yeah, I remember I, that one. I used to end up in some really dodgy places as well, like some places in Bradford, you know, as soon as I open my mouth, everyone turns around and has a look at me. So it's like, ah. Oh. But yeah, uh, it, thing is, if anyone watching this or listening to this wants to open a curry, I say go for it. I'll never say don't go for it, but just I would always say go in it with a few of you, or go with it with somebody else. So it takes half the pressure off of each other. I my yeah. downfall is I've done everything by myself, and then I, I used to finish my courier and I just go straight to the building site. As soon as I used to finish my run. Then I'll be trying to book. I'll be eight o'clock at night trying to book in stuff. Yeah, definitely go for it, people. But just yeah, it, it, it changed me for the for the better, I'd say. Okay, that's good. That's you good to me know. Anyway. Yeah, because I think it was this time last year, possibly that you had mince pies and a Christmas card. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was probably the first time that I ever saw you because normally you used to drop them off to my brother's house. Yes, right. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it earlier. I was like. Well, he normally has a card and some mince pies. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. And, oh, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a Christmas card for you. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, I mean, very but... very nice. What's, it? What's magic say? Couldn't remind me, no. Magic, I reminded you at four o'clock. <laughs> and then you moaned at me for reminding you at four o'clock because it wasn't seven o'clock. <laughs> Santa's listening. I think magic needs an alarm clock or a new watch. <laughs> I think he needs a new phone. I think he's using a Nokia. Probably. <laughs> Playing Snake, is he? That's probably why he lost his time. Four. 
Yeah, you know, in a message, oh, I ain't getting into that conversation with you. <laughs> I think we'll leave that one. Um, <laughs> is there anything you want to show us? Yeah, what's some stuff here? Yeah. Let's show these people what you're made of. So I've got some stonewashed stuff here. Man, this lighting. Hey, yeah, tell me about it. Natural light, I think, is the best. <laughs> yeah, you messaged me about my rule. You went to me, keep, keep it to the natural light. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is one of the stone. Oh, it's one of the stone wash. Okay, magic ten fifty-five. So I was even earlier than you were. This one's one of my favourites. There's something about the stone wash at the moment for me. It's 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 such a hard line to work with because a lot of people with the stone wash, they look pretty average when they hatch. They look pretty average, like this one. Oh, this man, let me, let me turn this light on. <laughs> See, I know he's going to be lovely, but looking yeah. at him right now, he looks like an average tremper. Uh, yeah. Do you know Which what I mean? Can... Yeah, I know what you mean. Definitely know what you mean. Where's Kong at? Let me get Kong out. People like Kong. Oh. Magic's asking where his girls are. <laughs> do you have my girls there? Do you have your girls in, Madge? So this is Kong. Everyone likes big boy Kong. Oh, nice. He's a nice one. You have, because I've got two questions here <laughs> about your ass. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> two or one? No, I think it's one. It's one question. I think it was CF Geckos. He says, why do I see more of George's ass than I do his geckos? <laughs> you know what? I'm that kind of guy, you know. I'm here for a laugh and a joke. I don't want everything being too serious. Uh, you Chris, can't do serious. Chris, I'm pretty sure Chris at CF is in worse than my arse. We, we bumped in a few times in those toilets in the Hilton, didn't we, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> he hatched in July, Scott. Um... Also, for some reason, um, big shout out to Mike at Gecko Lounge actually, because of he. I'll probably explain it a little bit later more about the stonewash stuff. Um, but he pretty much said to me, "This is a pairing I was going to do. Um, give it a try and let me know how it, how it does, sort of thing." And um, it, this is a Gem Snow Stonewash Cross. Um, and honestly, I just. <laughs> you see that grey specking coming through. Yeah. Amazing. The, the, the gem snows and the, and the stonewash have came out really well. <laughs> 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 I 
I've never seen anything that small before. Oh, oh and I've said it now, so everyone who's going to listen to this on the podcast is going to hear it. <laughs> and they're going to make up their own minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be able to look at you straight in the face from now on. <laughs> Let me show magic scales quickly. Yeah, yeah. Get, get, oh. get, 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 get the victory to the nut. Where's the Afghan from Magic? Lovely. And one of my favourite geckos. One of my favourite. <laughs> Stunning. What's in that? Is that, that free? Just a, just, a, just a tangerine Afghan. Um, no other het. Well, no known hets. Um, so it better be... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're coming to take your balcony off, Magic. We're coming to take your balcony off. And the other girl from Magic, she's actually one of my favourites. Um, and this is a, a Tangelo Cross from Magic. Quite a big girl. Yeah, she looks it. And I know Magic always says to me, me, you need to make sure that girl goes on diet. <laughs> <laughs> diet of fruit is it a diet of fruit <laughs> and also while we're here I got a gecko recently imported from um, Leafy's Geckos um, Stephen from Ireland um, so anyone watching this check Magic and obviously Stephen out they've got some crazy geckos um, so she is a white and yellow Tangerine pastel raptor, and um, she's phenomenal. I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon with her. Um, I don't know if you can see the eyes. Oh, come on, girl. <laughs> oh, it's the head stamp that Stephen. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, she's lovely, absolutely lovely, lovely girl. All your geckos, Magic and Stevens, they come with a, they come with a mortgage and a fridge. But this one, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna do something for me. Leafy's lizards, that's it. Leafy's lizards down below there. So yeah, thank you, uh, Stephen. She'll work perfectly because pastels is something I just love. I've always loved the pastels. Is it something that you would carry on in a big way, or are you sticking to your stone washes? Or so I'm I'm going big on um, the smart my smiley head stuff, which came from the pastels, and definitely the stone wash. Um, I've been saying to quite a few people because people consider me like they, once they consider me, but a lot of people approach me as the giant guy, and I don't want to say it annoys me. I always think. I'm more than giant. I've actually got more projects out of giants than in giants. So okay. I, I, I like being approached, be like, oh, I heard you, you're the guy to come and reach out for giants. Like, I love that. But at the same time, I don't just want to be known for having giants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Because you've got a lot more to give than just the giants exactly. and the bigger ones and that sort of stuff you want to show people. The stone washes, which I think is where you're heading to as well. The stone stone washes is, is definitely 
going to be something that is my main project now for sure. Uh, it's something about it. It's such a rare, old, unique line. Um, there's a very selective few people that have them as well. Um, I was very lucky that Mike gave me the opportunity to take them on. Um, because I was at him all the time. I was always, when I used to go around his on the Couriers run, I'd always be like, can you show me some Stonewash? And um, he messaged me one day and went, look, I'm having a baby. Um, you keep messaging me about Stonewash. Um, do you want to take the project on kind of thing? <laughs> I just said Dave's message. Dave, I'll get you one, mate. I'll get you an even, do you know what, Dave? I'll get you an exclusive one that only you got. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mike messaged me one day and said, "Look, you can take the whole Stonewash project. I know you'll you, you'll do it justice." And um, yeah, it's, so far it's been my only for my first season with them. And uh, yeah, honestly, I, I cannot wait for next season. Go big, go big, then. That's it. That's it. Because yeah. the question I got here was, what got you into stone, um, the Stonewashes? What what you what did you look at and go? That's what I'm going to stick at. Because as you said, that not very many people have seen them, got them, so they're not as common as other morphs, etc. So, what drew you to them? So, if you if you ever go through my Instagram and have a look at my geckos, I like that washed out, pastely looking geckos. So when I saw these geckos that were trempers, albinos, and they had this. I think that I always say to people, the name is spot on for it. It does look stone washed. I just love that grey pattern in running through it. Just something that always drawed my eye. And uh, like I just said, uh, 10 minutes, five minutes ago, I, could, we used to, I used to hassle Mike every time I used to go around his house when uh, he's going to courier. I'd be like, show me stone washed. And he'd always get him out and show me. And then, yeah, one day he said to me, you, you know what, you can take the project if you want. Like, you, 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 clearly you love them sort of thing. And, um, yeah, he gave them to me. Um, they originally came from Pascal Animal Lover, who's based in Italy. And um, he got them originally from JMG, who's the founder of the Morph. Um, a lot of people don't realise that Stonewash actually came from Black Bloods, which is a lion bred blood tangerine a lot of people see black blood and they think black knight blood black blood it ain't the case it's uh, jmg's line of bloods to keep that darker pattern in anyway they started crossing it into some trempers and i started seeing thinking hang on a minute this, these tremper bloods are coming out with this speckles so what's this and his friend said to him we should call that stonewash so he's been line breeding it made the stonewash and um the rest is history i absolutely love it i'm still learning um, I speak to Malt a lot, Malt Zimmerman from Germany. He, he has a few stonewash that we learn from each other. It's a very, like I say, when you hatch them, they look very, very standard. Um, it's only when sort of around about 20G, they sort of really start coming out. Um, I'm, I had, did cross a lot of them this season just to see what happens. Um, I've got something really, really exciting for everyone to see next season, if what I've got in my head works. But also copper... I know DC's watch. <coughs> copper works very, very, very well with Stonewash. Um, copper works well with everything, to be honest. It's one of them lines that do, you can cross it to everything and you're going to get some nice stuff. It's like this Stonewash cross we've got here. Uh, is it this one? No, nope, not you. Uh, I 
third with me. Here we go. So this one is just um, just something else, personally. Um, the Het MP is doing something to the stonewash. Um, maybe you guys can see this one. See that stripe running down the back? Yes, very nice. That's a very good indicator for stonewash as well, is striping. Uh, a lot of the time, the striping will almost... The best way to explain it is it like mottles. It goes into like a mottling, like a spider's web with like the pastel colour. Um, but this one's very, very nice. Just... <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never, never know. You never know. Yeah, so that should be so. Yeah, big plans next season then for your stone washes. Definitely, I've got. Do you know what? I'm gonna. Put, I'll put a little exclusive out here now because it doesn't really affect me anymore. If I would have said something last year, someone could try and maybe mimic it or something. But because I've had, I've hatched the hex I need. I'm not too bothered now because I've got the hex next season. I can put them together, and I know I'm gonna get visual. Something. Anyway, yeah. So I. So when I got the stone wash, I always thought to myself, because I got a lot of MP stuff off of Chris Flavel. Yep. And uh, I was just rattling my brain. I was thinking, I wonder what stone washing MP will do. Um, your fir first vision, everyone will think, well, it's, the MP's just going to wash out the stone wash like it does everything. MP's it's patternless, murky patternless. It just washes out everything. But I'm just trying to, I'm just wondering whether... If you have stonewash and MP, will these stonewash maybe keep... Because with MPs, they're, when, they, when they're hatchlings, they're amazing. They're the most crazy, funky patterns. It's the best hatchlings you can hatch. And I'm just wondering, would the stonewash maybe affect with that, maybe keep that pattern in staying? I don't know. I don't know. But I know some MPs that Chris Blavel's had, he's, they almost got like a pied marking. It ain't pied, but it's like pied mark. And I'm wondering whether... Stonewash play effect in that. So we shall see next season. So everyone listens to this, we should see some MP Stonewash cross stuff, visual MP Stonewash cross stuff. So we should see what happens. You never know. <laughs> so that there pretty much answered Scott's um, question, which was most anticipated pairings from you both next season. So you've answered yours with obviously your Stonewash and MP. I'm still a Minari with all that I've got. Um, but the blood, my blood tremper that I had from DC, she probably going to be one of the main projects I have. What to put her with, I don't know. Um, I was looking at an amber sunglow. No, sorry, an amber super hypo. Uh, I spoke to Dave about it generally, and then I've seen Barry Gardner's super hypo blood trempers. Yeah. yeah. So that's a possibility. I've got a couple of other males. I've got that blood that I have off yourself. I've also got the green lines because I want to try and go down the route of green lining, clowning, making yeah, my own yeah, line because yeah. you never know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that's, that's my plan for next season and beyond after that, I think I want to try and sort of have a green line. But seeing the tangs that are out there now, like, as you said, could you put tangerines into stone washes would that be an option i think you definitely can from my experience is a lot of them that hatch out come out with this strong tangerine influences and that's because of the line actually originated from the black blood so yeah. it has that blood tangerine gene might be so many years down the line but it's still in there i mean i'd say 70 percent of the stone washes i've hatched i've hatched with this 
tangier sort of look to them. Um, I think there was one here. One, there was, there was, I've got a stonewash cross copper here, actually. One second. This one ain't a crook big D. This isn't the um, copper cross, but this is like, for example, you can see he's got those. It's not a strong, strong tangerine like your bloods and your red diamonds and stuff, but you can see that's got the tangerine influences in it. Yeah. It almost looks like copper raptor. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Very similar to the girl I've got. It does almost look it. copper, for sure. Yeah. But it does... Um, let me have a look. I know Dave and Siobhan are watching. I've definitely got a copper cross stone wash somewhere. Um, ah, I've got something to show you. Let me guess. Is it red diamond? Oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is a green line. Oh, man. What's that? What's that angle? It's because you're on a... The other side of the camera, that's why. You're not presenting, so they're not sitting still for you. Now you know how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's fire, that one. That's beautiful. There was one... Um, Siobhan came up to my table in November. In November. She, gave me a, she handed me over one of Dave's G projects. She went to me. She went to me. It's perfect for you. In my head, I'm like, yeah, it's perfect. You know, ignore, like, you know, keep my money to myself. Don't be silly, George. You've got to sell geckos yet. <laughs> and now I see Wade's got it, and I'm thinking, what the hell? That is blossoming <laughs> so nicely. <laughs> I kicked myself so hard in the feet. But, yeah, yeah. no. Um, yeah. Love, love. Oh, the copper. That was it. Sorry. Getting, getting close. Away. Oh, an another green line for you. This one. Quite nice. Yeah. See the almost like a striping going down. Yeah. This one's See, so would that work out with the striping on that one? Would that work out with your stone washes, maybe? It, you never know because I I did yeah. notice I think it might have been last season, Chris can probably put a um put a comment in if Chris is still viewing. I know Mike did do a few green line stonewash crosses last season. Um, I think CNM has one. Um, so maybe you never know. You never, ever know. Your you never know. So nice. Cheers, Peter. Yes, that's big, mate. <laughs> you have. You have, Dave, because he's got some nice copper tangerines that I saw at the show. And they're just, they're absolutely a luminous spot. Mm. Cash and I've run out of space, slowly but surely. But uh, yeah, the copper, copper tangerines that he's got, worth looking at. But as you said, if Stonewash does that with copper, imagine copper tangerine, what you could do with that maybe. I don't know. I'm not selling them for Dave. I'm not on a percentage here. I'm just... <laughs> Give you plenty of options of what could be out there. But, uh, yeah. I noticed um, a, lot, a lot of us in, like, our, our, like, for example, in the USA, they probably take things like purple heads for granted. And I know probably a lot of us here in the UK take copper for granted. Um, 
because of they're sort of relative, relatively available here in the UK because of obviously Dave's here. It's easy to send stuff through the UK and stuff like that. And we're quite a small nation. So copper is definitely a really good line. So if anyone new watching this and wants to get into something tasty that that will cross well with other things, uh, copper is a good base. I know when I speak to Germans and I speak to Americans and I speak to Portuguese people, they always go to me, oh, we really, really want to get hold of some copper stuff. Because um, they can't get it. They just, they just can't get it. Whereas us here in the UK, we sort of, we don't sort of appreciate it that much. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Do you get what I'm trying to Because it's sort of relatively available here in the UK. In Everywhere everywhere else overseas, they, they want it. They absolutely want it. I have people message me, I need some of that copper. I need some of that. Even Sunfires. People are going crazy for the Sunfires. Mm. They're looking even better now, Mike. Yeah, I thought he might say that. <laughs> but honestly, they're worth looking at. If you can whack a picture of one on, they are though the well worth it because I was tempted, but I had to say no, no. <laughs> got too many. I say I've got too many. I've got room for expansion, but as I said, I want to try and stick to my projects next season and produce some really different stuff next season. Because they're saying the coppers. I've got a copper electric mail mm. that I had Dave, and I put him against a white and yellow copper. And some of it just glows. It, it's glowing yellow, and it yeah. gets better and better. And you're just thinking, what can I put with that? Some of them are just plain, and then some of them have got the bands on. And they've all come out so much different, considering you think, oh, copper is just going to be copper. But they're not. They're, they're all different, totally. Yeah, you get different uh, variants. Like you said, you get some of the, that hold the lavender band in a lot. That's what works really well with the stonewash because copper does hold that lavender, that lavender band. Uh, stonewash does enhance that. Uh, but like you said, you get all different ones. You get some coppers that look red. So you get some that come out like a, like a yellowy colour. It's just you never, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going to have that put on a T-shirt and I'm going to sell that one at the show. We're going to have to make that, mate. We're going to have to make that. You never know. Honest, honest. These people that just think, oh, you put that together and you just get that. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Because you've been in the... In the game for so long, you you see those traits and you see those markings, and you think, no, it, it, I can put two plain stuff together and come out with something that's just totally totally different. As you've seen, as you know, a lot of the stuff to get red diamonds was made up of centuries of tangs and yeah, line breeding. Do you know what I mean? It's just because you put it all together, you, as if you never know. But that's what happens, <laughs> I guess. I suppose it's once you hit the genetics something different is going to come out. I guess almost the same with the Royals as well. You could have five genetics in one and ten in the other and just get a plain gecko. Or you could get something that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And then obviously you take that to a next level and then you put that into something that you know that works. And then you generally look at like your Murphy patternless, you know they come out stunning, but then it's not necessarily looks, it's what they can do. Almost like a G project that enhances colour. Yeah. But when you look at G projects, I've got one as an enhancer, but to look at it, you think, oh, it's just a G project, it's got a bit of green on. Yeah. If you put that with the right selection, it could enhance the colour, it could make right. it dark. You, you don't it's know. A lot of people over, overlook sometimes us breeders, we buy an animal and like, especially when I first started in the hobby, 
I used to look at geckos like dogs. So I used to think, well, you paint a white one and black one together, they're going to come out like Dalmatians. It don't happen. <laughs> but no. um, a lot of the time you get a gecko like a G project that maybe doesn't look amazing in the flesh, but that gecko will go on to produce some next level stuff. It's always, sometimes it's the genes in that animal that we look at. It's like, um, I bought a rainwater from America that was quite cheap, but it was because it had a regen tail. Regen tail that means nothing to me. It's what's in that animal I need. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. Especially the G project stuff. Um, sometimes they do sort of look that average but they throw out some real fire stuff it's like um i had a conversation with uh, someone in um, america i think it was junior i think it's with g project and clown you can never say okay this is what i'm at this is what i'm aiming for okay because with g project and clown literally stuff pops out complete random so if you say to yourself okay i want to sort of make some stripy clown stuff don't bother because it it just it's a complete randomness like for example let me uh, this is just from my experience by the way so i paired a blood to a clown this season and it's thrown out this okay <laughs> so i can see i can see the obviously i can see the tangerine influences but the purple's on it. It just it's just clown just throws out some and G projects obviously as well. You never know, Mike. You never know. I know no. Peter likes this one. This one's so vocal vocal. You can probably hear it. Cause in theory there, looking at the sides and the markings on the top, if that was a clown, I'm guessing those would be the green bits, I presume. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like it's lost the green to replace it with the purples and the other bits and bobs. It's almost That's like it. took the green out of it. I mean, they change so much, clowns. I mean, this 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 might end up looking like nothing when it's older. But those purples, I really had to had to keep it back and just to see what what's going on, sort of thing. Um, even the head, you can probably look very closely. It's it's almost got like a lime green tone on the head. Yeah. Um, we, you again, you never know. We see what happens. Um, yeah, something about this one for me. The uniqueness. Sometimes you'll have something complete random. And go, Whoa, I'm expecting that. Better keep holding it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. And that's the best thing when you can pick what you want to keep back. The same as the tans as well. You've got to give them a few months before you can actually get rid because you might got have moved on some really dark mm. tangs in there for all you know. It also looks it, like a white and it, yellow. It does. I've had that, I have had that a few times. There's absolutely no white and yellow in there whatsoever. That is the only one that's hatched out like that. All the others, I know Peter at PM Geckos, he's uh, picked up the, the clutch mate to that one. And he's oh, okay. just, you liked it, Mike. The really red clown one I had. A lot of people inquired that bad. Well, I probably should have helped yes, that. He yes, he did. Yeah, you I remember now, but he had the spots in his and he had that typical yes. clown. But bearing in mind, sorry, these are cross these are crosses, but you see that typical clown patching. Um but yeah, that was the only one that hatched like and I thought, you know what? We'll hold him back, pair him, see what he does. It might be nothing, it might be something. We shall see. I just so really what? like the lavenders in that that made me want to keep it. So what are you gonna pair it with? You're gonna put it back to clown, or have you got something um, else? Um right. <laughs> 
So, Presuming you've got something else. <laughs> so, as a breeder, as somebody, I don't know, when you when you when you've been breeding for a few years, you you do look at other people's collections and you start looking at stuff. That's what's going to work, sort of thing. So you might see, for example, copper crossed with something. You think, oh, that that works really well. I think it was Stacy at Lily Rose. She done a GNT crossed to a copper, and I like, I loved it. I thought, what? Well, that's a really good pairing. So I've noticed Inferno and Clown does exceptionally well. Um, okay. So he, that Clown, I just showed you, will be going to the. Oh, a bit runny. <laughs> Be going to the famous Inferno girl I used to get out all the time. Just to see what happens. You never know. <laughs> We're going to have to make that a t-shirt. Sick of hearing this. You're going to have to put it on cups. <laughs> Dave, Dave's cup. He, Dave's going to get yeah. an exclusive. You never know. More fantastic at the bottom. <laughs> never know. <laughs> and Siobhan. <laughs> you never know when it's turning up. So, yeah, because um, I've been watching Junior's page. Shout out to Junior. Because some of his stuff that he's put up is just, just insane. His clothes yeah. and stuff is just, he's just like, oh, why can't you live down the road? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's nice and it's different. It's not your same old sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I think it's something you could possibly make up with other bits and bobs, because I think it was initially made up of lots of other stuff, including bowls and that. Is that the G Project and Clown, did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all... it was a mixed mash of a load of bits and bobs thrown together, and I, th I actually think the Clown came from a Raptor or something, if I, if I can remember rightly. Um, but yeah, for example, you just said, this is, this is the whole thing with breeding, testing things out, putting things together, and then you'll get a random mutation. You go, wow, look at that. Like, like what Matt did with the, with the G Project and the Clown. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I got the green line go, uh, boy and girl from yourself. Yeah. Then the plan was to put green line with G&T. Yeah. Which I believe someone done this season. I can't remember who it was because I was looking at his stuff. And it does, it's, it's vibrant. And then the plan was then to put a G&T to the G project yeah. to see if it comes, see if it enhances the green. Um, and then also I've got the copper electric male that I could then put into it. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen all next season. But going forward, this is what I'd like to see what would happen. Um, but as someone's put on their coastal side, exactly that it's... Clown cross GNT cross rainbow striped trempers. Mm. So the Carlos that coastal side, the rainbow trempers, they're they're so nice. I think uh, he has one called Skittles, and he literally like all these different colours and yeah. This is what I mean in America. Rainbows, they all like probably know right, over it. People are like, what the hell? What is that? <laughs> like a Skittles over here. That's what a rainbow is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's a really nice. I think it's, um, Carlos can probably correct me. I think it's Steve Sky's line. Um, really nice, really nice. Yeah, I, I did see one. I was like, Skittles. I was like, what's that about? And then <laughs> I would see very much, very often, because I would be like, well, that'll be worth putting into something, but yeah, problem, you, you'll get carried away again. <laughs> that's the thing because you think, Oh, I'll put that one with that one and that one and that one. But same again, when you're producing 10 eggs off each female, you've got to have a lot of animals that you think, 
uh, it's not what I wanted to hit. <laughs> but then obviously, as we've always said, you've got to try and move these animals on, respectively. But then the other side, you also don't want to destroy the market. You don't want to flood it just because it's there too. Because the other question I, I thought jotted down was the gecko market in the UK. Now, do you find that it's slowed down the past year? I mean, this is probably or, my biggest season, right? And it was probably the worst time to do it. Um, I'm not bothered because I've got space. And at the end of the day, over so many years of breeding, what used to happen is around about this time of this time of the year, I used to panic. So I was like, oh my God, I've got all these animals. You know, breeding season's around the corner. We've got three months with the animals start pairing again. What am I going to do? I've got all these geckos. And what would always happen is I'd always end up wholesaling them. And then what happened is I'll get a load of people that would message, oh, yeah, you got any geckos available? I used to think, man, I've just wholesaled these geckos for £15 to the pet shop. And I've got someone here who wants to buy one off of me for 100 So this year I've said to myself, do you know what, George? I'm not going to go throwing them away for nothing. I'm going to hold everything back. Uh, whatever goes, goes. Next year, if I've still got loads of babies, I won't do as many pairings, simple as. Yeah. But definitely seeing a difference in the market. Um you know, I understand where big breeders, I know a lot of people say, oh, the big breeders, they have an attitude. I, I sort of understand. You know, you think about, let's say you're a builder, right? You've been building for 10 years, right? You've been, you've been doing absolutely fine. All of a sudden, someone's come along, they've got the best tools, and they've undercut you by 70%. You're going to have the ump. And what, 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 what the thing is as well with... If you want to breed pet animals, that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. There's a market for pet animal for pets, people buying for pets. But the worst thing you can do is, for example, come to me, buy two stone washers off me for let's say 400, 500 pounds, and then you start selling them for 50 quid. That's when it's like, okay, how how there's sort of got to be a sort of you know, you got to meet in the middle. Like, I understand if I buy. A copper off of Dave, I can't sell them for what Dave wants for them. So, okay, I'm going to have to drop it a little bit. So, let's say Dave's charging 200. Maybe I charge 170. You know, that way, a lot of people, if it's me, if I'm going to buy a copper, I'm going to buy a copper off of Dave. I'm not going to buy a copper of anybody else. But do you get what I'm sort of trying to say? Yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I do. I do understand. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I think because that also goes back to the question I asked before, where people think, "Oh, he's selling that gecko for seven hundred quid. Mm. What I'm going to do is buy a pair and breed it, and then I'm going to sell my babies at seven hundred quid." I don't think, yeah. in general, people move with the market. I think that some people are in there, as I said earlier, for a quick book. Um, yeah. I've been keeping reptiles, as I know, as I said in your life, for absolute years. So I still followed the market, still made sure I could move on stuff, and then obviously got back into it to make stuff for myself yet again. So it's yeah. for me more than the market. If I could move them on and other people enjoy them, that's what it was about as well, because they'd be able to see stuff that isn't pet shop available. It's only through breeders and all that sort of stuff, but. I checked in with the local pet shop the other day, so they are willing to have anything I have spare here that's come out that I'm not 
that are not willing to let go for cheap to go back into the the, the morph market, should we say. It's going to keep its high price, but it's going to sit in a pet shop. Yeah. Um, but they're willing to do that. With They're willing to work with me. They work with a lot of other breeders as well, so it's not just all brought from the local wholesale down the road where you don't know what you're getting. They're looking to expand into knowing what it exactly is in the animals and where, they know where they've come from. They're not just being kept in drawers in someone's bedroom under the floorboards and all that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. a really good point you've made, to be honest, mate. Uh, that's, that's one thing, that's one, that's one piece of advice I'll say to people that who I want to get into this seriously, is it's always good to reach out to your local pet shops just to see who's around that, you know, if something does go south, let's say you fall ill, or let's say, I don't know, you've got all these animals and you can't afford to feed them and heat them as much as you want. It's always good to have the wholesale side of things. It's like a lot of my stonewash stuff this season will be going to wholesale because of, I don't want one, I don't exactly come across in a bad way. I don't want to be selling these stonewash that have got slight influences because people get them and pair them and everything will be labelled stonewash. And next thing you know, I want to do that line justice. You know, I want to keep hold back the best pair the best and start because it's like like i said it's a really rare really really rare line but like what you just said that's that's really that's really good um to make sure you've got wholesales like a lot of big breeders with big projects you know let's say for example oh i, I wonder how stonewash rainwater will do okay so i've got a pair of trend potter rainwater it's genetically a mess but the animal ain't going to hatch all you know, they always say, oh, if you pair the albinos together, they're going to come out deformed and messed up. That's not the case. You just hatched out a genetical mess. But if I line bred that for the next 10 years and 10 years time go right now, you can do that. But all them babies that came from that pairing, they're going to have to go to wholesale. They're going to have to go to a pet shop where someone walks in and goes, I want that to put in a viv, not to breed. Yeah. And I also want to make a point because of it's come up a few times and I hear it in other podcasts and other stuff like that. It's nothing wrong with anybody doing this for a living. It's not. It, I, I'm not in it for the money. Um, but if you just because, let's say, for example, you decided that you're going to get your like the, the correct licensing, and you are going to decide that right, I'm going to breed reptiles full time. There's nothing wrong with that. Them animals ain't going to lack anything. Um, in fact, you're going to be in your room more often because of that. Will be your full time job. So I just wanted to make that clear to people that are watching this, who who want to breed and obviously you know earn something out of it. It's not it's not a bad thing at all. No, no. I've always said to people that have been in touch, said, "Well, oh, what about breeding? Is it going to do this that, and the other?" I said, "Try it. Know what your genetics are of that animal, and try it. Yeah. There's no money in it unless you are breeding specific high morphs or you're breeding in the thousands." I said, but it's an experience. And that's why I went back into it because I miss that experience. I miss that involvement in it. And I miss what's going on in the animal world altogether. With not just geckos, with with everything. But what I've also noticed is there's price differences of sort of stuff you could used to buy several years ago has now tripled in price or it's just very rare to what you can get now. But with the geckos, as I said, have you got a lot of people coming into it thinking I can make a quick book? Um, I had a gentleman text me. I think he was a customer of someone that we know and he got in touch with me and says, Oh, I've been told if I do this and get this, I'll have this. And I'm like, yeah, you can. 
So if I put this with this, can I get this? Can I get a, an albino one? I said, no, because you'll just get hets. You won't get a visuals. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I was told this. I says, no, you've misunderstood what they've tried to explain. I says, why? what's the reason you, you want to? Oh, I just want a, an albino gecko. I was like, well, why don't you just, <laughs> why don't you just buy one? Yeah. I, says, I says, are you getting any any experience from yeah, yeah, I've, I've kept them before. I was like, okay. I says, but you've spent two money on two geckos, two vivs, just to produce an albino. He said, yeah, that's all I wanted was an albino. I was like, so why didn't you just buy an albino? Just buy one, yeah. I says, why go through all that with the money and then having two lots of animals to look after you if you just wanted an albino? He hasn't spoken to me since. I was like, well, if there's no point you getting any pleasure out of breeding or achieving your goal, I says, there's no point in doing it. I said, if you're just doing it in the, for the money, because you just think, I've paid 70 quid for two geckos, I can sell them all then at 35 quid, made all this money back. Yeah. It's great in bulk, but if you look at it over the long period, you've spent your electric, your food, your time, your effort. Yeah. You've the, thing, the poor thing's at more than 30 quid. Yeah. 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 And then if you need to go to the vets, <laughs> they're not cheap, are they? No, that's it. And if you need to test it and all that sort of stuff, you, you just you just eat an animal at the end of the day. Unless you're not mentally prepared to put in the effort to look after that animal, to me, there's no point you having it. Not at all. Because as you said now, because the market, as you've seen, people have gone out, spent thousands, thought they could make thousands back, but then plummeted their geckos to pet shop prices or low end just to move them on because they want to make room for next season. But then, as I said to you, then it makes all geckos look cheap. Yeah. So nothing nothing generally then holds their price. I know it's not in the money, but in that case, then you might as well sell everything at 35 quid and then everyone's on the same board. Do you know what I mean? It's, you get a vicious circle as well, like you'll get somebody that will go and buy two geckos or somebody for 35 quid and in their head they think, okay, I bought these for 35, that means I can sell them for 35. And then that same system happens. Then they sell to a customer, then they buy two for 35, then they sell them for 35. The next thing you know, you've got thousands of geckos in the UK in one year and it, it, we all sort of suffer, you know. I... I, I, I I get a lot of pet people, a lot of people that message me, oh, I've seen your local in London, do you know what I mean? And it does it, it does affect all of us. I mean, I, I spoke to you a few times, Mike. I mean, COVID hasn't helped. Um, no. Other stuff, you know, people losing jobs and stuff. I understand. I, I do think next year will be a better year, but we shall see. But it's been, just been a really odd situation at the moment. But I always say to people, go on Morph Market, if you're selling a Tremper Tangerine, just have a look roughly how much they're going for and sort of, you know, maybe go £20 cheaper. Maybe, maybe if they're, if, they're, if they're listed for 200 maybe list yours for 200 Just don't, you know, go to... 20 quid. Yeah. 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 If you want to... How I see it, if you want to sell them for 35 you might as well send them to a shop. To a shop. Yeah. 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 I just, on that point, I didn't want to make it out as if we were breeding to make money from it. It's mm. it's almost like the you want to keep the, the market line. It's almost like going into business chat now, but you want to generally keep the, the market at that price because, as you said, 
if everyone drops it to 35 quid, people will breed hundreds and thousands and then it'll just destroy everything and then That's it'll it. screw everything up. So it was more of a general idea of keeping them at that sort of price so people will buy them. You know then they will look after them than spending four or 500 quid on an animal, taking it home, keeping it in the fireplace exactly. and going, that's all right there. Exactly. Like the if you buy a £30 gecko and it falls ill, you, you're less inclined to just throw it away. If you bought a yeah. £500 gecko, you're going to go and take him to the vet. Why has he got, why has he got the shits? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this was the same thing why they brought the licensing for the dogs and cats. It weren't necessarily just for the puppy farming. It was almost to stop people doing the puppy farming. Hence why the prices of dogs now have almost tripled um, to the point where people are like, three and a half grand for a bulldog but you will pay that if you want that animal yeah or you yeah. want a dog you know that you that dog's not just for christmas but you know that that dog then you're going to put time and effort into it and you're going to look after it and all that sort of stuff where it, it's yeah you know, it's an odd one to explain because same again it makes it look like you're doing it for money but you're not mm -hmm. when you when you keep 40 50 animals and then you're running your electric from the switch outside, that's fine. But when you've got to pay for your electricity, you've got yeah. to pay for that yeah. food, you've got to pay for housing, and everything else that comes with a living animal, that's where your money goes. I'm not driving a Ferrari. Do you know what I mean? You don't go to Spain for six weeks of the, the year and all that sort of jazz. It's I put the money in back into it for the love of the animals that I've got. So like testing your animals at 20 quid a pop and you've got 50 of them, it adds up, yeah. and then your food bill, your electricity, as I said, and then rehousing. So you go from your hatchling tubs to growing on tubs to then full-size tubs. And then if you're running vibs, you're running the T5s, you're running the, the it bedding. It becomes expensive. Next thing you know, you haven't earned a penny. It's like me. Yeah. If I put everything, if I write everything down, I'm probably in a minus. Do you know what I mean? A lot, a lot of the time as well is, it's not about the money is I need these animals need to go because I need the space to continue doing what I do. Like the, the reason why I produce these geckos is not really for the money. It's because of, I enjoy doing what I do. And if I, if these racks don't clear, I can't pair these females up next season. So they might yeah. put me, like for example, if, if nothing sells, I can't do my MP's phone wash pairing next season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, that will put me back a year. A lot of it is literally, surplus stock that hasn't reached the whole back rack do you know what i mean yep. so then also doing that i suppose it'll it'll still keep prices at a high because you've still got those so you don't have to produce as many next season per yeah. se so you've still got those that still hold their money i suppose and things as well mike is around about march time i'll i know chris dave many of us we will get flooded with messages of people that are new in the hobby because you're always getting new people. Every year you get new people that join and they want stuff ready to breed. And, yep. you know, the hatchlings I've got here in March time, they're going to be 50, 60 grams. You know what I mean? So it, it's sort of, it's, it, it, it's sort of a win-win. Or I know at the moment I'm a bit, a bit worried all, but I know, you know, things will, I've got some shipments overseas that people want a load of, load of my stuff going to Germany and, Things like that. It's just I, I did. I remember having a deep conversation with you. Like, what, what are you thinking? You just like, mate. It's just COVID and everything. I think everything's up in the air. Um, yep. 
And same with my Cresties. Um, I, I went crazy with Cresties when I had my Courier. Um, I haven't sold one. I haven't sold one. Not only if I, I don't have a reputation in Cresties and I've got to try and build it up because of all the Cresties I've bought, I've came from, you know, good breeders. Um, but you never know. We shall see what happens next year. <laughs> what did you notice? There was a lot more crested geckos at the last show. Uh, yeah, the I'm not going to mention any names, but a few people messaged me and said there is far too many people breeding crested. Because if, if you think leopard geckos are easy, cresties are even easier. Do you know what there I was, mean? Like, you, you can keep them not under heat. You can keep them room temperature. You can keep them in a in a tub like that. And I'm just saying, you can. What's that I do? I keep all mine in bioactive vivariums. But you will get people that, you know, you can get five female cresties and one male. You've got a ton of eggs. I mean, Mike at Gecko Lounge sold me a group, right? And so it was three females and a male. And uh, I thought to myself, yeah, that, 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 that will sort me out. I'll get a couple of more. That group of Cresties gave me over 50 eggs, that one group. And now I'm like, oh, I've went and bought another six females. What have I, oh, what have I done? Do you know, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so what's his name? Send me over some gem stonewash stuff. Carlos, <laughs> i got one with your name on it already, and I think I've really showed you it. <laughs> oh, dearie me. So what else we got here? Questions. Here we go. Uh, what advice would you give to a new gecko keeper? I'm presuming if someone come to you and said, I'm new, I'd like one of your geckos, mm -hmm. but I haven't brought anything sort of thing, what sort of advice would you give them or would you send them to a pet shop physically so they could see what they're getting? Or Yeah, so the first thing I would, the first thing I would always do is always say to them, what do you like? So I, I get it all the time. Hi, how much gecko? Okay, well, there's there's more to it than that. Is there a do you like tangerines? Do you like high yellows? Do you like normals? Do you like stripes? Do you like snows? Sort of ask them sort of questions. Um, if I don't have them, I normally send them to somebody else who I, I usually know somebody in the UK. If they, if, for example, if they want a tangerine with big high grey speckings, I say maybe give Dave a try at the coppers, or if someone wants. I like green and tangerine. Maybe I'll tell them to go clove, or if they want a Murphy patternless, I'll say maybe patternless gecko. I might maybe say go to CF. But I always say to people, if you want to get into breeding, work with what you love. It's not about numbers. You could have five geckos and produce absolute fire. It's all about work with what you love, and it will show through in your animals. So if you if you like just standard max snows, aim to produce the best max snows you 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 can do, sort of thing. Um, it's like Calvin, Calvin Hot Wheels. He's got, he hasn't got as many geckos as he used to, but he's kept a small selection and they're all looking fire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not all so about numbers. That. A lot of people, I did. When I first got into this, I like look at Dave and Mike and Chris. Um, it was Wayne at East Coast, geckos, um, Lee Youngs, all those. And I just myself, oh, look at, look at their racks, look at all the numbers. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not about that. Work with what you like. <laughs> you never That's know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. So who is your biggest inspiration in the gecko world? That's, or do you have a few? It's, it's hard, isn't it? Because everyone, I suppose, does different, got their own yeah, projects. Uh, that, 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 is, that is very – that is so tricky. I mean, <laughs> when I first got into this hobby, Mike, I, I was written off, mate. First year, I, I went to a breeder. 
I got sold a gecko. It was a white and yellow tangerine. And um, it was Enigma. To hatch that Enigmas. But I didn't know at the time because I wasn't into breeding. Um, I wasn't into a lot of my genetics and morphs and stuff like that. I didn't know what Enigma was. So when I started posting on Facebook groups, I was absolutely crucified, mate. I, had, I, was, I was getting text messages and everything. You piece of crap. You're breeding. <laughs> I know. Got blocked from all the groups. And um, there's one guy called uh, Lee Vida. Uh, he's not a big name in the scene, but he's been in the game for a long time. He used to be a zookeeper at London Zoo, so he knows his stuff. And he reached out to me and he said to me, look, mate, I, I see what's going on. Um, so I, I, sort of took me under his wing, invited me over his over here, showed me some geckos. So I'd say Lee, Lee Vider was probably my inspiration. He really got me out of it. But in genetic-wise... Oh, I'd say it has to. It'll it ha, it have to be between other uh, gecko lands, uh, CF geckos and Dave. I, I, I can't. I can't put a number. I can't choose one. They're, they're the three guys that have always helped me out, and without them, I wouldn't be where where I am. Oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Oh, what else we got? What is the best gecko you have produced? Again, <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, best. What do you class as best? <laughs> my best, best gecko I've ever produced. Um, I, I, I've got a favourite. I can show you my favourite. I can't choose the best. I'll show you my Let, favourite. Let's have a look at your favourite. Best favourite. So I produced her as well. So it's sort of... Oh, not you. Wrong one. Where are you? Oh, there you are. Oh, there she is. Is that for me or is that for him? <laughs> so this is the smiley girl. This is the girl that started it all. So this, this, this girl here, she's just, you know, she just... So something about her. She she started the uh, Smiley project. Um, yeah, as you can see. <laughs> I know Chris. Funny enough, me and Chris at CF Geckos we're only actually thirty minutes away from each other. That's the good thing about us in the UK is we're all actually quite close. Uh, oh, I in America, they got, to, they got to drive like seven hours between each other. That's that's my I'd say that's my favourite gecko. I don't know about the best I've produced, but I'll show you her son. So this is a this has been a four year project now. Um and the son, he's gotta be the best smiley I've produced. This is my favourite gecko. This could be the best one I think I've produced. Okay. Anyway, Michael, you're looking gorgeous today, by the way. Thank you very much. Try my best. <laughs> As you said, I'm getting out there to the world. <laughs> really liking this the skinhead look. I wouldn't want to bump into you in the alleyway. <laughs> Got my Doc Martins on as well. <laughs> this one for me. So what's the genetics of these smiley heads? So the, the smiley heads, they actually came from the my giants. They came through the giant line. Um, so it's literally just a tangerine tremper pastel. That's all it is. It's he this one's heteclips. There's heteclips in there. Um, but that's where it all started. 
Um, I'll go into a little bit of details, actually. So how I first got into the Giants was Lee Vida, who I explained earlier, he called me up and he said, look, man, my brother is just just getting out of breeding. Um, he's going into ball, like, breeding epic geckos. I'm going into uh, ball pythons. Um, and he just bought the, he just imported these two super giants. He said, one's from Steve Skies and one's from a guy in Germany called Hans. Um, he doesn't, I don't think he produces any geckos anymore. Uh, I did have a brief conversation with him, but it was very straight up blunt. And <laughs> that was it. It was like he had finished. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. So he, he rang me up and he just said, look, I've got two killer geckos here, mate. Um, give you a really good price. At the time, I think it was, I think I paid about £700 for them. And for me back then, I was like, I don't know. Like, this is when I had just, you know, trempers, just very, very standard, standard stuff. So anyway, I took the leap. Well, do you know what? Sod it, I'm going to go for it. And um, ever since then, that's what started the Smiley. Them two paired together, produced Smiley, and I've lime bred her. And uh, the smiley head's been keeping up. I think I've got some more smiley head stuff. Well, let me show you, actually. So with the smiley heads, I'm getting about 70%. So if I pair the smiley to a smiley, I'm getting like 70% of the smiley heads. Okay. Um, I just, it's just something about it. And, you know, uh, my smiley head is decent too, George. Yeah, you've got a really nice one, Scott. I've got a, a drooper clip of that one, actually. It's like this one, for example. Um, oh, not this one, sorry. Got a load of tubs out there. <laughs> um, it's just something. It's something that's doing it for me. I just love that smiley head stamp. I get people all over the world. They'll they'll find a smiley head gecko. That's because it, it's a random mutation. It can happen in in any gene or whatever. Um, like, this this would be nice. This would be nice for that project. But um, where are you? I'm so bad at looking for geckos on lives. Have you not got labels on them? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. On the sides. Oh, okay. So here's another one. Another smiley. Nice. With the stripes. Yeah. To anyone watching this, I've been asked this a few times, why do you hold your gecko by the tail? Honestly, um, I mean, I don't swing it around, it's just the holder still. <laughs> but they don't. It's a quite a rare... Have you had any tail drops, Mike? Yes, I had one. I had one. It was the smallest gecko I produced. And she was rapid. And I accidentally... I didn't squeeze it. I just picked it. I didn't pick her up. Mm. But it just, it just come off. And I was like... Oh. You it's like oh. one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like... <laughs> stared at it for absolutely... I was like... Oh, it's like one of them sweets, like a jelly snake. I was like, oh, Harry Bow. I was like, oh, no, we'll leave it. Yeah. But she, she's pounded back on. She, the tail's gone back. Not normal, but it, it's there. It's regened. It's grown. But this is what you do get with animals. I didn't mean to grab her by the tail. She was just small and absolutely rapid. And I must have just caught her by the tail as I went to grab her behind and I caught her tail. It just popped off. It's that defense mechanism where every gecko is different. They've obviously just saw your bald head and just, <laughs> 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 just threw it. <laughs> God, no. But yeah, that, it happens. It happens. The same with feet, toes. I've had a couple. It's not because I'm a bad lad and keep them bad. But I've had a couple where the, the toes have come off from a shed 
but the problem I've had is they've come out so small. Uh, yeah, I put them in moist. They've got a moist hide, but there's still just those little bits that just end up on the tip that, with me having big hands, I physically didn't want to pick it up. I could have squashed it. Yeah. Yeah, and I Do you know, know what I mean? This, 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 this is what I like. I like talking about the nitty-gritty because not everybody talks about the nitty-gritty. I've got one gecko here, right, mate. Um, I don't know what's wrong with her. She's just an absolute pain to shed. She just That's just how she is. She's lost a couple of toes, like you said. I've tried. I've sat there with the cotton wool buds. You know, it's just not happening. Yeah, uh, sometimes I... you get one that's like it. I don't know whether it's just something about that gecko. I don't think it's genes because of that one gecko I've produced 10 others and it's not been any issues. I just think sometimes you get one off one that's just maybe a little bit weak. I don't know. Yeah, the same again. It's the same with anything, the same with you, the same with me. I think it's just one of those things that happen because I know people don't like it, but comparing captive bred stuff to wild stuff, mm. I don't know much stuff doesn't survive in the wild, if you know what I mean, because you can have it in the house, keep it to how it's kept in the wild, but it can probably wouldn't survive in the wild without mm. you interacting in, in your bedroom or wherever you keep them, doing that for them. Do you know what I mean? And it's survival of the fittest. I've always put down survival of the fittest, and I don't treat my animals in captivity knowing I can do something to help them because that's just totally different. But I've had one as well. I think it was MBD. Um, its jaw was... How can I put it? It was eating fine, doing fine, everything, standing, walking, whatever. But its bottom jaw, come to shed, its bottom jaw just twisted in on itself. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I just everything the same. In the wild, that would have been eaten or it wouldn't have hatched out the egg. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Everyone who breeds leopard geckos has probably had a message on Facebook of someone from Afghanistan who's picked up a couple of geckos under a rock and thrown it in a box. It's very rare. You won't find a leopard gecko in the wild without a regen tail. You just no. won't. Do you know what I mean? Like in the wild, it's just they, they don't have some in there. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? They it's, get drought seasons. Yeah. Have some food, but it's one of those comparing. I don't know, but I work with what I've got. I try my best to do what I've got. Yeah. So it, it, that's that's the way. It's not the way it is. It's not because you can make something. You can make a different choice for that animal in the long run. But uh, yeah, it's talking about your giants. There was a question. What's your opinion of giants being line bred? I think, or is it an actual gene? Right. Okay. So, <laughs> this is this this is like it's, there's so many different opinions on this. This is just my opinion. I do think it's line bred. I think it's big gecko to big gecko been line bred together. Same with if you if you put two big humans together, you're more likely going to have a bigger baby. If you've got a seven foot uh, man and a six foot wife, you're going to okay. You will maybe have a baby or that's small, but realistically, you're going to have going to have tall kids. Uh, but I also understand where people mean with a hep. Um, for example, I've had giants come from a giant, giant pairing that haven't quite reached the giant size. Now, if I put that gecko back to a giant, it will produce giant babies, giant geckos, like 110 grams plus, 120 grams plus. So that's what makes you think, okay, maybe people are thinking there's a hep because of They've hatched a gecko from a giant pairing that isn't quite big, but pairing it back to giants made bigger babies, meaning it must be a hair. I generally just think that that gecko is just one of one of ten 
um, that's hatched that small um, and the, the giant lineage is in that gecko. So it, it, that's how I look at it. I think it's, I think it's just blood. I think it's just in their, in their line. In their line. Does that make okay. it? Because I'm, I'm really bad at explaining things. Does that no, 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 no. It, it made sense. I, well, to me, it makes sense. <laughs> you might get questions. <laughs> Any, anyone listening to this? No one again. Can you just yeah? Put that, that, that's it. It's what else we got? We got. It's also with the giants as well. I, I, I do generally think there's a flaw in there. I generally think there's some issue in there. I've tried speaking to some giant breeders, and they say no. Maybe it is just me, but I do think. We've got these big geckos that have been lion bred to be big, but their organs are, are small. They're just like a normal gecko inside. I mean, I had a, my, my main male um, that started all this, he just dropped his clogs. No no problems at all. One, the day before, fed him, absolutely fine. Came in the next day, he's upside down his back. Big tail. You know, every, no, I can't say there's anything wrong with him. So I just think maybe a heart attack or something like that. I don't know. But and I spoke, there is a few people that have reached out and said, oh, this has happened. And I do think there's something off in there because they're so big. You know, I, I just I think it's big gecko, small organs. I really do. So would you say that was almost down to to like the breeding line? Because like with pugs, for instance, they've been bred and bred. And they, they've got shorter and shorter noses. So they struggle to breathe. Because yeah. if you look at an original pug, it had a snout. Didn't look beautiful, but people wanted the shorter snout so it could fit in your handbag. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that that's very similar with the lineage of these giants? 100%. And plus, I'm guessing also, you've got a big gecko and you've had, per se, mom against son or daughter and dad. Do you think that? Could have had an influence on giant geckos. People thinking, "I'll put them back to get bigger because I know they've come from a bigger lineage." Yeah, Maybe. Def definitely. You you see these things in like humans, like the world's tallest man. Like if you when you see the world's tallest man, the guy can't even walk straight. He has to have a walking stick yeah. and all that. So I think it's the same. I do think it's the same with the geckos. Um, 